And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a terrific week. A great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Ian Hayworth. Always a great time talking to Ian. Uh, and we covered a lot. We talked about uh, Mike Pence and Chris Christie and everyone else and their brother uh, throwing their hat in the ring for 2024 and how uh, politicians should be embarrassed to run and lose um, and how they are not anymore. Um, we talked about uh, the corporate press covering up for Ukrainian Nazis. Uh, no surprise there. Um, we talked about the destruction of cable news and how that is a, a positive development. A lot to discuss. I think you guys will enjoy it. Before we get to Ian, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. If you are an Apple user, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. If you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Ian Hayworth. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Ian Hayworth. Ian, how you been, man? Good morning, Brady. Uh, I'm being bitten to death by mosquitoes in Tennessee, the one part of the South I do not enjoy. Otherwise, I'm great. How are you doing? Yeah, mosquitoes are bad, man. <laughs> it's a bad part of the country for those things. We, uh, Well, it's a clear blue sky here in northwest Ohio, but it looks like it's cloudy because uh, Canada can't get their act together up there. Canada's on fire. Canada's on fire. Yeah, man, we've been breathing what smells like a campfire all week starting like uh saturday i think i was up in northern michigan fishing and yeah man like we get out on the boat on the lake in the morning and look across the lake and we're like oh man is it foggy uh that ain't fog i mean you look straight up and you can kind of see like a blue sky but it's all hazy it was weird man it legitimately out on the water looks post-apocalyptic yeah a couple of years ago when i was living in the bay area doing all those fires and it's crazy like the sky is orange um it's just this constant toxic smell uh, it's pretty bad for you, too. If you're out in it for long enough, you can get pretty sick. So hopefully people are staying indoors and not staring at it too long. Yeah, I was just outside all day for like four straight days fishing in it. So we'll see. <laughs> you have an excuse for all the silly things you say. Yeah, yeah I'm not thinking clearly, <laughs> man. It's all the smoke inhalation. Um, so everybody's running for president, man. I, I want to talk about Mike Pence first. Mike Pence announced he's running for president. And he's the one guy, I can't figure out his angle, right? Because a lot of, th- there are some candidates who are delusional. Like a guy like Asa, uh, or Asa Hutch- Hutchinson, rather, he's just delusional. Um, most of the candidates know what they're doing. Like uh, most of the candidates, you can tell they're running to attack like Ron DeSantis and try to get a spot in a potential Trump cabinet, which is ironic because Trump is, can't win. So, <laughs> you know, whatever. I, I think they're really betting on the wrong horse there. They should probably bet on DeSantis. But, um, like, Trump hates Pence, and Pence knows that. Like, he's smart. Like, Pence won. He knows he's not going to be VP again. He knows he's smart enough to know he can't win because he's not an idiot. Like, Mike Pence is a smart guy. But, like, everyone has an angle, and I can't figure out what his angle is here. Yeah, I'm unsure. I, I think there's one of two. Um, from the small amount I know about him, you know, I think he's like a, a good person compared to a lot of other politicians. Um, so, the cynical side of me doesn't think it's necessarily just for money. I think that's part of it. I think they all do this for the influence and the the opportunities it gives them. 
I think he might be looking at it as a way to try and reset just legacy wise. Um, if he can just have a decent run, he's obviously not going to win. I don't think he'll make it more than a few months, honestly. Like, he's deeply unpopular within the movement. That there isn't a hope in hell that he'll actually no. get anywhere. I think he'll look at this as just a way to reset, to separate himself from Trump and then kind of move on from that happy. Um, I wish people just could swallow their pride a little bit, though. Like, that is not what the president, the run for presidency is for. It's not a therapy session. It's not a PR campaign. <laughs> I, know, I, I think your op-ed for the Washington Examiner was great. It really hit the nail on the head and that everyone's treating this for what they can get out of it. And uh, that's not what it's for. It's to run for president if you believe you can win. The vast majority of people running know they cannot win. It's it's just embarrassing at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's embarrassing that like my initial thought is like, oh, what's his angle? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like on the Republican side, Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis are running for president. And no, the, the rest of them are not. I mean, like, they, even Tim Scott, like, all these guys, like, they know they can't win, you know? It's, like, it's shameful and embarrassing that we even have to be like, okay, well, what's this person's goal? Like, because we know, like, it's a pre- prerequisite. We know their goal is not to actually be the nominee. You know, it's pathetic. And you're absolutely right. That's not what a run for president is supposed to be. And I'll tweet out my, my piece for the Examiner again once the show's up. But, like, I, I just talked about how the incentive structure is just backwards man but there's just no downside Mm -hmm. to losing anymore it i mean it's all upside down i mean politicians used to like fade into obscurity if they lost even like a statewide race yeah and you have a guy like beto o'rourke running every two years (laughs) over and over and losing badly over and over and he still keeps doing it and it's like you know they all they know what they're doing like chris christie is a smart guy right like like on the scale of politicians, like Kamala Harris is a fool. Chris Christie's no fool. He knows what he's doing. And Chris like Christie he, knows a lot about scales. <laughs> he knows about tipping the scales in one direction or another, usually in one direction. But like he, he knows he's going to get 1% in Iowa and yeah. drop out, but he gets to raise money and go on TV, and there's no downside. Yep. Like it, Obviously, we suffer. The voters get screwed because we end up with, you know, we, we don't act. Like in 2016, the country deserved. A, a one-on-one primary between Trump and Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is like the Christian conservative guy. Trump, like the New York billionaire and, and all this, and they disagreed on a lot of stuff. Like, we should have just had those two go at it, and just like we should have DeSantis and Trump go at it right now. But it's like, man, unless the the people change the incentive structure for these politicians, it's going to keep happening. Yeah, I think there are two things here. I think, one, the fact that money is such a huge part of our elections is a massive problem. And the fact that you, from my understanding, you can keep the campaign funds you raise for other campaigns. So yeah. there's not even a downside to raising an absolute shit ton of money and doing nothing with it because you basically can just use that later. And we know how fungible all these funds are. Oh, yeah. Um, and then there's also the fact that when you know you're not a serious candidate, you don't act like a serious candidate. You yeah. don't have anything to lose. So you can just say crazy shit on the debate stage, get some attention, get some social media traction because all it is is clips now. No one actually watches the debate. All they'll do is what does what clips made it on Twitter the next day. And so you get someone like Eric Swalwell. What he was saying is, oh, we should just nuke our own citizens farting on stage, all this nonsense. Yeah. That's all it's going to be is Chris Christie looking for his one viral moment, all these other people looking for their one viral moment. And it's, again, it doesn't show respect for the office they're running for um, or the American people they're running to represent more accurately. I mean, you can also say whatever you want because the president of the United States has late stage dementia. Mm-hmm. And then the Republican front runner is has lost his mind and just says, you know, he's just he's 
just insulting Ron DeSantis' wife right now. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to say crazy stuff. The president has no idea where he is at any given moment. So it's like, what are you going to do? Look worse than them? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you can't. Like, they're, they're pretty much as bad as it gets. So it's like, you're going to look smarter than they are. You know what I mean? Like, it's there. there's just no downside. Hey, hey, real quick, before we move on. The governor of North Dakota is announcing his presidential run today. Pop quiz, Ian. Who is it? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, I had to look it up. His name, uh, apparently the feller's name is Doug Burgum. Who knew? Never heard of him. What? It's just why. It's just, on, I honestly, know. I understand a lot of politicians would love to be president. It's like their Super Bowl. You know, it's the ultimate, if you're a, you know, a dweeb in politics, it's the ultimate dweeb level to achieve. But my goodness, grow up and understand that you can't win. I would love to play in the NFL. Never going to happen. You don't see me trying out every week. It's just stupid. I mean, you and I do this for a living. If you and I have not heard of somebody, they should not be running for president in the United States. I mean, like, come, come on, man. Like, yeah. like, it's just, I mean, come on. Like, it, it's it's preposterous. I, I'd never heard of the guy. I've never heard the name in my life. My goodness. How embarrassing. How embarrassing, it is embarrassing. for all of them. That's really the word. It's just embarrassing. I, I think, I, I've talked about kind of the destruction of cable news a lot lately, and I think it is worth celebrating. I, I think we're really seeing the end of that platform. Um, Nikki Haley did a town hall on, on CNN that nobody watched. They only pulled something like 500,000 viewers in primetime, which if you're keeping track, that's one twenty-fourth of a Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like these are the numbers we're talking about. One twenty-fourth of a podcast with Joe Rogan smoking weed with his buddies. Okay. And even the, the Trump town hall last month, they only pulled, I think, three million, just over three million when he used to do seven or eight million five years mm-hmm. ago, you know, and you explained in a thread yesterday, um, <laughs> that despite people bragging about imp- you know impressions they're getting on Twitter and pretending that they're actual views, which is hilarious. I mean, it's like Matt Walsh's movie didn't get the entire population of North America watching in 24 hours. That's ridiculous. But um, despite the, the, the skewed numbers, the, the Twitter stuff is like doing big numbers. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what the Tucker's Tucker Carlson's debut on Twitter. I don't know what the actual number is that watched that show, but it's, I have to imagine it's significantly more than what he was getting on Fox News, like the three, three and a half million ish. And I, I think that's great because cable news is terrible, unhelpful, and it pushes for a, a generation. They've just pushed propaganda. I mean, if you look at CNN, all their advertisers are like big pharma, <laughs> like everything's brought to you by Pfizer. Then if you look at Fox News, all the ads are for defense contractors. <laughs> it's like, goodness gracious, guys. Like, we get it. We know we know where your bread is buttered. So, like, I think it is a, a, a great thing for the country that these institutions are dying. Well, also, they're just not keeping up. I think it's the ultimate thing. Of, we've spoke, I right. remember we spoke about this a couple of years ago. Yeah. The way it's obviously moving in a both a streaming direction and a short-form um, clip direction. If you look at all social media, people are doing better than cable news. Like, look at the numbers still on YouTube. If you look at Fox News clips, if you look at Tucker Carlson clips when he was still allowed on there, if he is still allowed on there, you look at, say, um, John Oliver's show, those vi- those um, videos get millions, if not tens of millions of actual views, not these kind of half-fake Twitter views. Right. The numbers on social media are outpacing cable news by far for, for a lot of reasons, right? You have a phone in your hand 24-7, whereas most people don't DVR. They just would either watch live or not watch at all. And so it is a slightly different competition. But the fact is, that is the direction everything is going. That's why people like Joe Rogan have exploded in popularity. uh, Because, yes, he has a podcast that comes out at a set time, but you can listen to it at any point. There are clips. It's very clippable. 
Whereas cable news is a lot of the same stuff over and over again. And even these town halls, it, it's almost watered down what you would get online. Yeah. It's just the same talking points. I didn't even bother watching the Nikki Haley one because what's no. the point? I know exactly what she's going to say. I know exactly what CNN are going to ask. It's a waste of my time. Oh, and yeah. You have so much content out there to choose from. Why would you watch CNN? And I listened to the uh, Ron DeSantis debut on uh, Twitter, on Twitter Spaces, and it was like, it was great. He did an hour, a full hour of actually answering questions with substance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was, like, so far removed from what you would get on, like, just a typical stump speech or mm -hmm. on, like, a, a, a CNN or Fox News town hall where it's these ridiculous, biased questions that nobody cares. You know, it's whatever. But, like, he was just answering questions from all these different intellectuals, and, and, and it was like he went from ESG to the DEI stuff to Ukraine to, you know, like— Big Pharma and COVID, and like it was like it's like my goodness, this is the future. Like if you if you want to get to know what these people actually think, it's gonna be on one of these online platforms. It's just, it, I mean, it's like the the cable news model is so stupid. I mean, like you these people that want to rule the world go on and they have three minutes to propagandize, and then they either get softball questions or or like ridiculous mm -hmm. gotcha questions. You know, if you're a Republican, and it's like. You're not learning anything. You have no idea what these people are going to do if they're actually given power, you know, where this more long-form type stuff online, I think. I, I mean, I hope other social media platforms kind of follow Twitter's footsteps with having candidates on and letting them speak and stuff like that. I think it would be beneficial. I imagine they will. I also think, just as you as you pointed out, the long-form, you actually get to understand what people think. That's why I kind of hate the debates, because you get 30 seconds on these deeply complicated issues where people can be vastly different in their viewpoint you have 30 seconds to um, sum that up and so instead of doing that you're just going to try and hit each other with gotchas or ad hominems or other logical fallacies just to make the other guy look dumb i mean that's why trump was so successful in 2016 because especially with a crowded field he's the master of that yeah um but it's it's useless for actually understanding what a candidate thinks and wants to do um and i think also if you have someone who has to stand and talk about what they think for 30 seconds any moron can have a prepared comment on any topic for 30 seconds. The you know Instagram is full of those people. You get them in a room for an hour with people who know what they're talking about and actually ask questions and hold them to those questions. You understand who the adults in the room are pretty quickly. Yeah. And so I, I hope that's the direction we go because we're really going to filter out some morons doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the DeSantis announcement was a, a really cool model. I mean, they had like Jay Bhattacharya, Thomas Massey. They had... Um, I forget, I forget if it was Glenn Greenwald or somebody else, somebody like that, or Michael Schellenberger. So it was all like these respected voices that that people care about, you know, asking questions. And I think I was like, this was just refreshing, man, compared to anything you would ever get <laughs> on on cable. Um, it's just surprising people even still have cable. I, dude, I haven't had cable since 2010. By the way, I'm 34 years old. Most people under 40, I'd assume, don't even have cable. So it's I don't know I think it's all that that's a it's a bright spot in the world of politics the the death of that old platform yeah for um, sure another platform that needs to die uh, the New York Times who <laughs> um, has a long illustrious history of covering up for Nazis um, admitted this week that their journalists have been asking Ukrainian Nazis to hide their Nazi paraphernalia for the cameras on the front lines <laughs> um, just outstanding stuff from the paper of record man I mean. These journalists, they, they love war so much that they'll support literal Nazis to perpetuate it. The media, man. I mean, it's like, I, it's, oh, it's a, it's a shock. It's a shock why we don't trust these people. Yeah. 
Well, it's also they, they dumb things down. Everything is dumbed down to good guys and bad guys, which yeah. in in the world of most conflict, it's just not that simple. Like, yeah, World War Two, things like that. It's obvious who the good guys are and the bad guys are. In something like this, like you can obviously talk like someone like Putin is evil. But if you talk about the conflict itself, it's not helpful just to be blindly in favor of one side over another when you also understand that the United States is not providing a single solution beyond complete Russian capitulation, which is not going to happen. No. So it's like a bunch of children just like, I want all the candies. Well, you can't have all the candies. Well, I'm not going to do anything in my life until I get all the candies. <laughs> right. It's like, that's right. Just, that's not how you solve any problem. And and then you've got people who are fueling that, some of the GOP candidates saying, like, oh, yeah, we need complete Russian capitulation. We need complete Ukraine victory. That's not going to happen. No. That is not how Russian military history works. They throw humans at problems. They do not care. No. Like at this point, it's about – that's why I think – for all his faults, Trump's response to that of I want to stop the death, like, that should be the goal here. But it's not because yeah. a lot of people are making a lot of money out of this. Yeah. I mean, it is heartening that both Trump and DeSantis have called for peace talks with the Russians. Um, RFK Jr. on the on the Democratic side is, you know, maybe he'll be able to stir up a little bit of anti-war sentiment on the left. I wouldn't hold my breath. Democrats are pretty darn bloodthirsty right now because their televisions told them to be. Um, so I don't know how much hope I have for the anti-war left, but, uh, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, th- nothing's binary in war, man. And like another, another element in the Russia-Ukraine war <clears throat> is that you're talking about two conscripted armies. Okay. You're talking about two slave armies fighting each other. Okay. Like the, the majority of both militaries are conscripted. You're talking about kids that were ripped away from their families and sent to the front lines. I mean, there's no, none of them want to be there. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's like it's not it's not this cut and dry good and evil thing, man. And um, well, one more thing before I let you go, man. I, I want to talk about RFK Jr. I don't think I've mentioned the name on the podcast yet, and I really don't know what to think about his rogue uh, presidential campaign. Obviously, he's not going to be the Democrat nominee, but I'm like, I, I see the polls where he's polling at 20 percent, 22 percent, or whatever against Joe Biden. It's like I don't think I buy that. I, I, I think Democrats are collectivist enough that they're just going to stand by their man no matter what. But, like, he's famous enough, he's interesting enough a figure, while being a crazy person and conspiracy theorist at the same time, but he's, like, interesting enough and he's, I don't know, hitting on these issues that people care about enough that I think he's going to be a factor on some level. I don't know if he's going to hurt Biden, if he's going to hurt Republicans. I, I, I don't know if he's going to move the needle much, but he's going to be interesting for the next year. If that makes sense, but I don't know why. I don't know why. Like I don't know. I I just can't put my finger on like what what this is going to look like. But it's definitely interesting to me. Yeah, I think he's the ultimate example of a lot of other characters. Like I know we were talking earlier. It's the kind of same thing as Andrew Tate to me. I think people have been so starved of people saying obviously true things that you can have someone who comes in and say those obviously true things, and a lot of people flock to them just simply because they're so hungry for basic truth. Yeah. But then they don't dig deeper. Like Andrew Tate, RFK Jr., they can say one true thing and then say a hundred absolutely crazy, batshit, insane, dangerous things. Yeah. But then someone say, oh, well, at least he's telling the truth. It's like, no, no. Like we can we can have both. We can have someone telling the truth and not being insane. But I think he's, for better or worse, taking advantage of that desire for people just cutting through the bullshit. Um, ultimately, though, I think he's going to be more damaging to Republicans. I do not. I think Democrats know the game. They circle the wagons. They'll defend Biden to the death. Um, all they care about is winning. And when 
Republicans are infighting. There are a lot of people, um, especially on the kind of the MAGA side, who are increasingly anti-vaccine and things like that. And I think RFK Jr., that's his thing. He'll lean very, very hard into that. Um, it makes sense he's doing it now because I think the COVID-19 stuff surrounding the vaccine opened up a lot of obviously good questions about the fact that, you know, the COVID-19 vaccine does not work and yet was pushed on people and forced on people. Uh, but not every vaccine is the same. But a lot of people are seeing that now um, or believing that, that every vaccine is like the COVID-19 vaccine, which is just not true. Uh, but I think there's a lot more to gain in the Republican side, certainly the more perhaps independent or populist side. And uh, the more the Republicans get split up, the better it is for Democrats. Oh, 100 hundred percent, man. And I mean, obviously, I, I want to damage the Democrats. I want to damage Joe Biden and his reelection you know, bid. So I'm rooting for RFK to do some damage. I hope he gets on a debate stage and 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 kills Biden. They'll they'll never do that. I mean, they'll no, never let they'll Biden never let another him close. no. But um, I I hope he can damage him. I, I I hope so. And you know, it's interesting. The the one interesting thing about um RFK Jr. and like you're right. I mean, he's he's like that guy that just takes it too far. You know, like he's obviously mm -hmm. right about the COVID nineteen vaccines. He says, well, the government should never, you know, push this vaccine that doesn't work on people and shouldn't have been fired. You know from their jobs and made it mandatory and all this. It's like, yeah, I totally agree. And he'll be like, and don't get the polio vaccine because it'll give you autism. <laughs> it's like, whoa, no, 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 no. That's, that's been disproven 50 years ago. That's, yeah. that, I mean, that's completely ridiculous. So it's like, but I, I did listen to a show he was on. I can't remember what it was because I, I, I don't know anything about the guy. I've never heard Kennedy speak ever, but um, I listened to him on some show, I forget. And what I came away with is that like Alex Jones just makes stuff up for money and fame and stuff, you know, like that, most of these conspiracy theory guys, it's just like, it's fake. It's an act, you know, mm -hmm. I think RFK Jr. Believes every single word that's ever come out of his mouth. Like he does seem extremely genuine. Like he's like completely convinced of all his positions and he legitimately wants to make the country better. Like he's a madman, you know, and he's not going to be president or anything, but it's like, it, that's what it, it makes it interesting. If he was just a hack, conspiracy theorist who you could tell is just doing it for cloud online or whatever. That's one thing. And I just ignore those people. But like, I don't think that's him. Like, I think he's completely genuine and he really does believe you, you should not give your kids a smallpox vaccine. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to think about it or where he fits into the 2024 picture. I, I just don't know, but I'm going to keep my eye on it. That, that's, oh, yeah. that's all I have to say so far. I also think it's important for Republicans to keep an eye on it, because if he starts talking to things that people are responding to, then that's a sign that Republicans need to be owning that space. Like the the anti-COVID-19 vaccine authoritarianism needs to be a, I would say, the central position of the Republican platform. And if it's being occupied by someone like RFK Jr., uh, no, that should not be the case. Uh, the, the real problem there, though, is that that is the worst thing for Trump to run on because Trump is part of this. Right. Um, and so that's that's my concern is that really the the big one of the biggest moral crimes of the, the political uh, generation is COVID-19 and how they couldn't fall over themselves fast enough to basically enslave their own citizenry. Yeah. And uh, we're all just going to move on from that. No, we should not. Uh, but Trump wants to move on pretty quick because he he knows he screwed up and uh I hope DeSantis holds him to the fire on that one because he deserves to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, how bizarre is it that, you know, DeSantis and then RFK Jr. essentially have the same position on, on COVID-19 lockdowns and vaccines and stuff. And then Trump is on the on the CNN Anderson Cooper side. 
Yep, he's Still going to the left. Bragging about Operation Warp Speed, bragging about the vaccines, you know, bragging about Fauci and everything. It's like, yeah, what a bizarre, it, it, what a bizarre primary this is going to be, man. Well, I, I hate to break to everyone. Donald Trump is not conservative. No. Like, that, that's what it comes down to. Donald Trump, I think, was a great president. I say it over and over again. You know, I supported it when he, I supported him when he got the nomination. I think he did a lot of great things. He is not a conservative. He had some conservative people around him. I do not think there is a conservative bone in his body. I don't think there's a conservative around his campaign. I mean, who, like, is, I don't think he's, he's on the D team. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's on, I mean, he's all the way down. He's driven everyone else away. So he's down to Laura Loomer and Alex Bruzewitz. I mean, this is like, you're not, uh, you're not Even bringing Even Jen Ellis is left. Do you know how stupid you have to be for Jen <laughs> Ellis to think, nah, not for me, mate? Dude, it's just like, and I do like that, uh, I mean, DeSantis has a good team around him. Like, they're smart enough not to hire somebody like Jenna Ellis, you know. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that one that one did uh, – I, I definitely laughed out loud at that, at that one, I, I will have to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I, – I think – I know we, we talk about this a lot on the show, but I think the, the moving – I think it's all going to culminate with – and it's going to ha- – dude, you know, I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's going to happen. This will culminate on a debate stage – with Donald Trump attacking Ron DeSantis from the left on illegal immigration. And Trump supporters are going to have to either grow a pair of balls and be a man, or they're going to have to eat it. And that'll be very interesting to watch. Yeah. I think that there's got to be a moment where people feel betrayed by Trump. Um, I, I think for the vast majority of conservatives... We, it well, should be every not, moment of every yes. day for like a year. <laughs> the last yes. year. Like a lot of conservatives are, are already there since you know March of 2020. Yeah. But the fact is, a lot of people aren't. And that worries me, because if you can't see what Trump did, like Trump handed the keys to Anthony Fauci and stood smiling behind him as he burnt the country down. Yeah. If you can't see that as a betrayal of basic conservative values, then I don't really see what else can happen for beyond him attacking you personally for you to realize, oh, maybe he's not the guy he said he was. I mean, he doesn't even respect his supporters enough to apologize. Mm hmm. I mean, DeSantis shut Florida down for two weeks, and he apologized for it. He was like, we were wrong, and we're reversing this. And, and Trump perpetuated the Fauciism for a full, almost a full calendar year. Yeah. Nothing? No remorse. Nothing? You don't think he did anything wrong? You handled everything beautifully. Like, it's, the lack of respect he has for his own supporters is, is really gross, man. It, it, does, it, it actually pisses me off in, because I, I love Trump supporters, man. They're awesome people. And... I mean, they're like my neighbors and friends, you know what I mean? And I just hate that Trump is just spitting right in their faces, man. Like, it's it, it's it's troubling, and it, it pisses me off for them. Like, I'm offended for them. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I am I feel the same way. Trump supporters are fantastic people. Like, that they've been, the whole reason a lot of them flocked to Trump is that he was the one person who was willing to stand in front of them when they were getting spat on by basically the entire mainstream left. Yeah. But you you can't just defend someone once and then live off that forever. It's like, what are you doing for them now? And I am not seeing Trump do anything that's going to make people in the Midwest, people who are struggling to make ends meet right now, to make their lives better. Yeah, he's saying things like drill, baby, drill. But there are deeper problems within the country than just that. Like drill, baby, drill. But if everyone's locked in their home because a decades-long bureaucrat decides that there's a disease that's less deadly than flu out there, and you're just going to smile and left to do it, it doesn't matter how much oil we're drilling. Yeah, I, you know, people don't understand, too, because the way, and this is why, I mean, this is a, a great thing about humanity, 
is that we have short memories. We can adapt very quickly to things, and our 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 view of what's normal adapts so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's nothing more important than what happened in March 2020 in the country. I mean, that is the issue. Preventing that from happening again, like, dude, we're limping out of this in the middle of a recession that's probably going to become a depression, barely hanging on right now. Now, if that happens again, if they, if the government, if the state tries to shut the economy down again, that's it. I mean, it's it. I mean, it's all over at that point. So preventing that is the most important issue. Well, let alone the fact that millions of people have had a, some unknown vaccine pumped into them that doesn't work and is causing people health um, outcomes yeah. that are either hugely damaging or deadly. And no one seems to care about that. The vaccine simply doesn't work. Yeah. It's unbelievable that people were forced to get something that does not work. Yeah. Democrats are still getting boosters, dude. <laughs> Like I know a, a family member who has five, has gotten five shots. Five. Unbelievable. Five. Why? Why would you ever get five vaccines for anything? That's insane. <laughs> it's like, what are we? It's, it's ridiculous. You don't get a polio shot five times. Yeah, man, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. And we're seeing, and obviously a lot of the Trump supporters are like, "Hey, why are you bringing up old stuff? COVID? Oh, that's three years ago. No, man, no." I mean, it's like there's still people's brains have been so thoroughly broken that there's still I still see Democrats driving around in their cars alone with a mask on. Yeah. OK, like people are sick. People are sick. Like this has really done a number on people's psyches. It's going to take a long time for these people to recover and come back to w- remember what it's like to be an adult again, to be a responsible human being again. It's, it's wild, man. Like this is the most important issue. I mean, this is the greatest expansion in state power since Woodrow Wilson. I think it's it was worse than the Patriot Act. I think it was probably worse than the New Deal in a lot of ways. I mean, this was crazy, man. I was locked in my home by a Republican governor. Yep. I mean, it's it's uh, Republican cops arrested a pastor in Republican Kentucky. Frog marched a, a, a pastor for the the crime of having a church service that was outside, socially distanced with everyone in their vehicles, and the cops arrested the guy. Science. I mean, it's like that. that there's no getting past that until people in the government are in prison forever. I mean, we have to, the tyrants need to be hit so hard that, that future tyrants look back at this and say, oh, we probably shouldn't try it. Yeah. Old, old Trump and Fauci and Biden, they're, they're still rotten in prison. They died in prison. You know, and so until, like, unless we have some accountability for these people within government, I mean, it's like, I don't know, I keep going back to this, but preventing another COVID, and that, I mean, you can't really prevent pandemics they happen every 50 years or so but like preventing the government response to covid from happening again is issued priority number one it's more important than the war in ukraine even and you know how anti-war i am i mean it is the most important issue we're facing is making sure something like this does not happen again well especially when our number one candidate is the guy who oversaw all of it yeah and disqualifying disqualifying who carried it yeah yeah they're both disqualified from ever holding office in my mind and i know justification Trump's far worse because Biden's a Democrat. They don't care about any of these things. No, they never. Cl- yeah, yeah. They never. They never claim to, you know, any to respect any semblance of constitutionality or anything like that. But no, you're absolutely right, Ian, my brother. Thanks for doing this, man. Let's do it again soon. Where can everybody uh, check out your show, read your stuff, stay in touch, all the good stuff? Yeah, thanks as always for having me. You can find me on all social media: I G H A W O R T H. Uh, you can find links to my YouTube channel, my Substack, everything there. Everybody follow Ian. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks.